Mike check 3720 to 1. What up, cripples, bastards, and my personal favorite, broken things, tis I, Shalik, and I know things. Have you not realized that yet? That's kind of the whole point of this. A place where I can learn from people with interesting topics or pools of knowledge that I can just dive my sweet ass right into, or people who want to know the shit I know, because that's what I like to do. I like to learn, and I like to be learned. Yep, I like to be learned. So, Today's Thursday, November 19th. Uh, I'm going to put this episode out tomorrow, sometime, afternoon, whenever I feel like in the polling, all right? Um, but uh, I suppose I'll give you another little uh, update with me. Now, I did that episode uh, last week. It was it was pretty trash, but I was just trying to put some content out and um, just just uh, do something because I, I had committed that day to doing some kind of podcast but um that's still on the itinerary with the uh with the bookstore i just gotta i just gotta you know walk up and talk to the guy and once you see my charming ass like i can definitely make friends with this old man that's what i do i make friends with old people and i know things so this past week uh pretty dope shout outs to to uh a couple friends of mine Brittany and tyler and anastasia who showed us a, a good time this past friday hung out with them um, Tyler's got a pretty sweet place, uh, not too, not too far, too far from me, and I'll for sure be having him on here at some point, because the kid's pretty hilarious, and Brittany's got an incredible story, and Anastasia is doing this animation, so that's, there's, there's three folks right there, that, folks with an X, Oh, that one came out naturally, I didn't even have to force myself to say it, yep, that's how you're gonna beat him, but, so those three right there showed us a, uh, uh, my girlfriend Paxson and I, a, um, uh, good time, had an enjoyable Friday, stayed in, had a few drinks, lots of laughs, uh, watched some stuff, so shout out to them for uh, for being awesome hosts and uh, just all around good people. Uh, Saturday, so that was Friday night, um, with, you know, naturally I went to uh, jujitsu that that uh, that evening. Um, I'd be remiss if I were to lie to you folks, and that one was forced, and tell you that I remember much of that class, but... um. Uh, yeah, no, not too much. Um, so I can't tell you what happened then. I can tell you that my sister is still doing aerial, which is awesome. Good for her. And I saw my grand, saw my grandparents, which is nice as well. Um, now it might sound like I'm around a lot of people during this, uh, pre second shutdown time or mid first shutdown time. However, uh, I think we're still taking natural precautions and just avoiding being reckless or uh, negligent as much as we can. Um, I, I said I was going to get better at the ums. Haven't exactly worked on it, but I apologize. But anyways, there's my new transition. I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, and I'm kind of rambling at this point. So let's just jump into it. My guest for this episode, episode six, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I'm so sorry to disrespect the Star Wars legacy. Considering the fact that we start out this podcast talking about Star Wars, I, of course, remember Return of the Jedi, and my favorite Jedi is one Mr. John Lincoln Pecora Ellsbury. John is one of my nearest, closest, best friends. Absolutely adore the kid to death. Um, you may remember somewhat of him on the uh, Johnny Papers episode, which is where we were watching Goodfellas. But that was in the beginning phases, and the audio is not too good. So I, if you missed that one, I'm not. I wouldn't be upset at all. It's uh, it's kind of skippable, but there is some some pretty good content in there. We do some nice knowledge bombs. 
because me and him are those kind of guys who just human wikipedias and you should see us go because we can almost speak in that language we can speak in several languages uh john is a it feels weird to call him john because i call him johnny which okay story time boom uh pretty what is my story time jingle ah she's shitting all over the clipboard but i'm kidding pretty only shits in the litter box she's a good cat (sighs) except for the fucking cords but John, or Johnny, as I call him, is actually like a John, not a Jonathan. Um, and at one point when we worked at, uh, at Bill Gray's, gimme, 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 Bill Gray's, years ago, when we were like uh, in our late teens, there were several Johns. There was a, uh, a John B, a John K, a John W. Uh, there, was a, there was a Johnny, sometimes referred to as John A. Mmm... I know there's at least one or two, a John F. Um, so at one point, you know, we just, just a fuck ton of Johns. And at one point, uh, one day we were all in the kitchen and I was surrounded by Johns, like three Johns in the kitchen, one John on the dining room, one John in the fill station and me like on the fries. And someone just started it where they were like, they noticed and they go, Hey John. And naturally everyone looks. So that that's where the initial joke comes from. I swear I can make a story sound hilarious uh so just referring to the johns you would have to say the particular john so john f was referred to as john f if i'm not talking about any other john in any context i still refer to him as john f as such john e who i'm often talking to or about he's he's johnny um not calling him johnny calling him john e however your honor objection because of our mutual adoration for Goodfellas, such as um oh forgive me for butchering the name I can't even think of it is it is it Jimmy two times or Tony two times, I, th- I think it's Jimmy two times I I haven't watched a movie in almost three weeks forgive me, but so Johnny became Johnny Papers because he used to deliver newspapers and always had cash on him from delivering the newspapers so he would get the papers get the papers, and became Johnny Papers so. That name stuck, and Johnny, John E., became Johnny, Johnny Papers. Um, so you're welcome for that, for that fascinating tale that it, all things need to be shared. Fuck it, that's what we do here. We know things. Um, that was my ASMR. I'm going to do that as a side hustle if this podcasting doesn't come out. I'm going to record uh, lewd and provocative uh, ASMR videos for... I don't know who my target audience will be, but goddamn right, I can write a script. Because that's one thing I'm working on, working on a kind of a story. Uh, it takes place in a, uh, a fantasy world um, somewhere between futuristic and medieval, not quite retro-futuristic. Maybe I just coined a term right there, like medieval futurism. Um, that could be something that I can explore more, put a pin in that. Pretty! Do the thing. But... Anyways, John is completing his master's at uh, Brockport. Um, He is a world history major with an American history focus and a minor in public history. So this guy knows a bunch of shit that has happened. And by analyzing what has already happened, you can, I suppose, kind of predict what might happen or why things could or won't happen. Um, So I think it's really important to have figures like Johnny 
um, I'll just call him Johnny. It's fucking natural. I'll just call him Johnny. Um, it's important to have have people like Johnny whose whose specialty is historic investigation. Um, because as something we talk about on the podcast, your biases and what's important to you and preconceived notions will inevitably impact your outlook. So I think it's really important to have a a uh, a person who quite literally dedicates their life to mastering the importance of history education. So we start out this pod thing, um, kind of talking about Star Wars. And as I do, I just started at some point when I noticed the conversation is getting cool. Um, he knows he's being recorded on a podcast. It's just, uh, I, I just like the way it kind of comes out when you just start in the middle of a sentence. That's for me. Cause that's why I do this. Um, so Johnny and I have a pretty dope conversation. It starts out with us uh, right before I start uh, press play, talking about how Jar Jar Binks is a black minstrel. That's that's a stereotype, and um, you know, with those movies, there's a couple of them. Uh, that one you could even like. Here's the thing, because it's something we we touch upon pretty early, so no spoilers. But you could kind of still interpret Jar Jar in a non-like caricature way if you're just, you know, just ignorant, just don't know the things. But the Nemoidians, every single person knows what accent that's mimicking. And I don't know. It was it was the late 90s, early 2000s. You can get away with more shit, which is something we talk about. So enough spoilers for the beginning of this. This is episode six of the And I Know Things podcast with my brother, John Ellsbury. I'm Shalik and I Know Things. Enjoy. Like the kids that saw it, like me who saw it. Kids who watch Jar Jar Binks. And I was not, like, this is funny. <laughs> I was never hateful or I wouldn't even say, I was like, oh, at least there's someone here to take it down a notch from these elitist Jedis. Right? <laughs> now, this is in no defense of what they're doing, right? You know, but at the same time, it's just like from a completely blank slate of a child watching the movie. Yeah. They're like, Oh, at least someone else is as confused as I am with what the fuck is going on in this situation. <laughs> Why are they all of a sudden on this planet running through the woods, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I don't want to vilify Lucas and say, like, he intentionally went out to make stereotypical characters. Right, right. But he had to be thinking about it at the end. Like, hmm. Like you were saying with the uh, the, the goggles on the Nemoidians. That's when it was too who far. Are li- they have the Chinese accent. Yeah. They think, oh, no, no. Like, they have that thing going. Yep. Jar Jar talks like a minstrel, mm-hmm. and I mean Watto. I would you wouldn't necessarily like immediately think he's Jewish, but like if you just took that character, put him on Long Island, mm-hmm. like owning a a jewelry pawn shop, talking like ah, do you want to come and talk to me? Like well, he's in the desert outpost. <laughs> yeah, you know, trading. Yeah, yeah, it's clear, but. It's not quite, like, it's, there's just one piece removed to say, well, technically it's not that. <laughs> well, technically it, it wouldn't be, he wouldn't be in the socioeconomic position in this part of the region, <laughs> you know, just like with the Jarger thing, like we were just saying, yeah. like, technically Jamaicans, not African-Americans. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like, oh, it's, they were mocked, you know, <laughs> like, that's what they're trying to say. I don't know. It's the late nineties. Everyone has a t-shirt that says Yaman and the... The reggae-colored hat with the fake dreads. You yeah. can still get away with that. I wonder if that was, like, the peak of <laughs> stereotype and just honestly straight-up offensive humor was, like... Yeah. And just... Yeah. I'd say, like... The late 90s, early 2000s. Early probably, 2000s, Probably yeah. post-9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
like, I remember mid two thousands like Comedy Central. That was like the Chappelle show. The Chappelle show is just fuck Carlos Mencia, but like Mind Mencia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had that show Little Bush. There was a show that was a parody of our at current government at the time. Yeah, where they took political leaders and made them into child children. Like, I mean, it's on the nose, but that's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Little Condoleezza Rice. Mm-hmm. And little Laura Bush. Yeah. <laughs> little Cheney, who was Darth Vader, circling back to Star Wars. That's funny. Yeah. You could you could do that in the mid-2000s. The racial draft. Yeah. <laughs> on Chappelle's show. Oh, that was Cond- so funny. We the whites uh, draft Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> or or, or we, allow you to, we, we, we allow you to concede Tiger Woods as long as you will take... The, the black delegation response, as long as you we take... the black delegation. Yeah, we the black delegation. Uh, concede, whoever it was. I don't... Uh, maybe it was OJ. It was like, you get OJ Simpson. You get OJ. You took it. Yeah. yeah. Like, they wanted Eminem. That yeah, was... Well, that was you, wait wait. you wait a goddamn minute. You wait a goddamn minute. Yeah. That, sh- that show ages so well. It's still absolutely perfect. Yeah. Chappelle show. Yeah, honestly, it got more... It got better. Impactful. Yeah. Yeah, if you watch it now. You know what I noticed that with? The show that uh, Pax and I are just watching, uh, Avatar Legend of Korra. The first season is about a populist uprising that starts in the underground Mm -hmm. due to inequality. Mm -hmm. Then the second season is, I mean, it's like a military coup Mm -hmm. between these two tribal nations. And um, there's like an active propaganda machine and... One character is like a uh, a businessman who's like financing both sides or something, and then the third season is uh, we're just wrapping that one up. Um, it's harder to conclude, but I mean the parallels are like one person is like really really about anarchy, like, and he's like this is the natural order of things, and I have to destroy everything mm-hmm. to to start over. Is is this the same Avatar? As the James Cameron Avatar? No, no, no. The uh, not the blue people. Not the... The, 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 the uh, cartoon. Like that's the like, last Airbender one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is a sequel to that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And even the first one, the first series, Avatar The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. it's it's a kid show, and it starts out like that, but thematically, it really applies to, like, real-world concepts. Mm-hmm. And, like, the next series, because the character's a little, a little older, it's, like, more, more to the point. It's, mm-hmm. like, more of a teen show. It's, like... It's like that SpongeBob meme that's like, how did this generation get so radical and progressive? And it's oh, SpongeBob yeah. going, we're going to tear down the uh, oppressive hierarchy Krusty board Krab by board. Mr. Krabs is in there, standing at the concession, exerting his oppression, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to tear down the establishment board by board. Yeah, yeah. And the, those are the shows we watched. Mm-hmm. And now it's like we want that. Um, yeah. Yeah. God damn it, what were we talking about? I lost it. Which point should we really back to? Um, Any of them. Because we have several. That's what we do. We know yeah. things. By the way, we're recording. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here with Johnny. John Ellsbury. I don't know how many minutes this is before uh, I announce that we're recording, but we're in. We're doing we're it. Um, pretty staring. Yeah, pretty pretty check-in. A quick one. She's being a loaf. I had a girl. But... Uh, haven't okay, seen Johnny the, in a hot the, minute. Yeah. The, the relevance uh, and the, the impactfulness... Decades on now, you know. Yes. Um, of things, right? Like Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. That's where I guess we were. We were at. Okay. And uh, what was the other one we were talking about? So there's the, the Avatar one. Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars, of mm-hmm. course. 
um, Chappelle show, and then the fact that there was a TV show that was actively parodying the current political climate at the time. Yeah. You really couldn't do that right now. You couldn't... I mean, SNL is doing that at all times, but I mean, like, there wouldn't be a a 22-episode season of a series where it was just like, look at the bumblings in the White House, yeah. like, on network television or cable television. The funny thing is, yeah, well, there's been a transition into, like, the, the nihilist era Yeah. of, this is so bad, it's just a joke. It, like, it itself is the joke now. Like, the, let's say South Park, for instance, mm-hmm. which is offensive, I think, period, right? Uh, but... It is still at least paradising and exaggerating uh, yeah. what's going on. The jokes of South Park, like, just short of, like, there actually being a man bear pig, <laughs> is the kind of shit, the kind of shit the politicians are saying, the kind of shit this, that Trump says, that comes yeah. up with it, the kind of conspiracy theories he sort of kindles. Oh, it's the worst. Is literally the kind of shit like Al Gore yelling man bear pig. <laughs> it's literally that level. Right. Um, and I think now you get you get stuff like it's either absurdist and completely uh, like nihilist like Eric Andre show or whatever mm-hmm. where like it's just nonsense. Like that, like Kraft Punk the mac and cheese guy comes on the subway <laughs> and says like you know like just that thing. Or how about the... I, I, I didn't get the job at the Fruit Loops factory. And he has a bowl around his neck filled with Fruit Loops. Uh-huh. And he's on the subway and he just goes, use my body as your sacrament. And just pours milk into his head. And just like starts like... <laughs> try, can't breathe. Like he's drowning himself in a bowl of cereal on the subway. Because he didn't get the job at the Fruit Loops factory. Just like... It's like somewhat related to the economic disparity. But it's completely not... <laughs> tangible or like measurable or anything that could actually happen but then there's the next level which is like literally just look at these people (laughs) that's the comedy yeah like all gas no brakes literally just talk to them (laughs) just listen to the things they say just stand here and be obviously not an actual like you're just be obviously not a like legit reporter (laughs) even though he is in a like it makes it legit mm-hmm. but literally just go to the rocket launch situ- like in florida and just ask them the most basic questions yeah like what do you and think about human rights <laughs> and then just it's literally that's the comedy yeah that's not a good state no it is to not. be in <laughs> florida or the yeah. world <laughs> like oh, the yeah, state yeah. of the world or yeah. the florida <laughs> all the above I guess, uh, <laughs> at the moment for sure it's uh it's accessible mm place yeah yeah whatever they got alligators they'll be okay yeah that's the only place i've gone to where i've seen a jvc store (laughs) i remember we were in orlando and there was like a jvc store and it wasn't it was just (laughs) called that was just the you know there were retail stores for like Mm -hmm. specific brands there used to be like rca retail locations okay back in the 70s like oh there's outlets now Yeah, yeah yeah That then, yeah, now there's, yeah, they consolidate and department and all that stuff. Mm. But JVC... That's a channel. like it's a, It was a manufacturer of electronics. Oh. They made TV. Oh, JVC. And... I'm thinking of that one shopping network that was called JVC. I'm thinking oh, like, okay. oh, Florida, they're just falling into consumerism. Literally a store yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> JVC, I mean, I don't know that that company ever was big enough to have its own retail chain. 
So there's people that just, oh, that's a brand. We could open a store and call it JVC. And you and they use the JVC logo and everything. Yeah. And you go in there and it's just total knockoff stuff with the JVC logo on it. I don't know how or why. Like, there, there are... Are they selling electronics? Yeah. Okay. They'll just be what looks like an iPod Nano with <laughs> JVC. And it's not an iPod Nano either. <laughs> that's what happened when i went in there this was like 2008 maybe okay so i don't know what kind of laws they're doing but let's just say it's so laissez-faire in mm. florida that there are just straight off straight up rip-off companies selling rip-off stuff with a different brand that's not even what that <laughs> brand that they're ripping off is like you're just allowed to do whatever <laughs> I could just open Wegmans down, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. And it could be a uh, pharmacy. I don't know. Well, Wegmans has a pharmacy. Just It could be a sporting goods store mm-hmm. and just call it Wegmans. Wegman. We're going to Wegman. <laughs> like, they're just completely like, do what you want down here. I don't know. I don't know the laws, but that's what you see happening in, in places. That's like what that. we see just passing through. Yeah. yeah. That's, and we went in. It's the weirdest place. Anyway. Yeah, I've been to Florida in a long time. Uh Really, I've only been to Jacksonville. Yeah. And then we were just like by hotels in the touristy area. I went, we went to Orlando. And this is a couple of years later with my grandpa this time and my grandma and my grandma. Mm-hmm. And he had a cousin who lived uh, in like New Smyrna, which is like, not, 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 I don't know, a few miles north of Daytona mm-hmm. Beach. And he lives in this town. Like, you think of Florida, it's like people live here seasonally or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and there are people who do live there permanently. And I met a retirement communities. Just, that's a big thing. You know? Yeah. But he moved down here in like the sixties oh, okay. like in his twenties and was like, this is my home. Hmm. And we show up to his house, walk in, whatever, how are you? And there's just a Tommy gun on the couch. <laughs> like, there's not enough space for everyone to sit down without somebody moving a <laughs> machine gun off of, the couch. And I was like, I remember, first of all, being like, you know, a teenager, too. Like, yeah. It's the Tommy gun with the drum, man. It's the coolest thing ever. It's in every video game. <laughs> yeah, Mafia 2. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, but just like, that's the life that a lot of guys are living down there. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a submachine, he has an antique submachine gun. Yeah. For home defense. <laughs> that's his thing. He's like, yep, I got lots of other ones, too, but that's just... Old Faithful that stays on the couch. It's a it's a you know a piece of the living room decor mm-hmm. that it's there and it's also a fully loaded submachine gun cocked ready to go. Safety's definitely off. Safety is it's just chilling <laughs> with like a ninety round drum mag, which is just not legal. At all. <laughs> but maybe there it is. That's the thing. Probably. There seems to be something about like the dichotomy of people that we shouldn't be a dichotomy. Like, yeah. Everyone's multifaceted, mm-hmm. but there just, for some reason, seems to be a polarity. Yeah. And there's a set of people that gravitate toward, I want to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And I want to blow shit up in my backyard. Yeah. And I want danger, too. Yeah. I want the, I want the wildlife to be a threat. I want a tiger. Yeah. Texas. Basically, we're describing yeah. everything between Florida and Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's actually... I, I think he passed away maybe like two years ago, but it was just like, it wasn't, how do I put this? Like, 
when someone is like that, when they just totally remove themselves from community and from, from pretty much from family and everything too, mm-hmm. like self removed, uh, you're allowed to, like no one. It's like the Jerry from uh, Rick and Morty meme when he leaves the Jerry daycare. Okay. And they're like, he's like, I'm leaving now. Like he thought he was trapped there, and they're like, there was always an option. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't have to be here. And people do that, like they're being rebels to the everything, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're that's totally okay. They're rebelling against the mindset that yeah. you have to the conformity mindset. Yeah. But there's a difference between conformity and, and communalism. Like right, there's conform, and then there's finding your place within society. Communalism. That's one letter away from communism. Exactly. <laughs> well, then there's right, and I I I hear that. I mean, I get why people. Th- I think a lot of people. Yeah, I mean. Maybe they just uh, don't have a facet they want to join. And it's not a matter of something that they're not good at. Like, they're just contrarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, like, what he was. He's like, I just... If it were normal to shoot at alligators with a submachine gun, if everyone were doing that, he'd be working at an office. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think... And, and when someone's like that, everyone just goes, well, all right, there he is. He's you like, know? Maybe we'll visit him every... 40 years like that's what <laughs> happens you know and it's it's fun and it's everything but like you can't you just they're always going to give you protest mm-hmm. so i don't i didn't know him that well i can't say that he was that guy yeah. that's what my read is and i know there's a lot of people who are bitter about it i don't know that he was bitter but are bitter about the fact that there are standards and things like that and uh, right. just choose to do that mm-hmm I don't want to be tried There's on. There's a balance. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking Tommy gun on his couch. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Where I was helping someone move and uh, their uh, their dad, you know what I'm talking about, um, he just needed to pick something up, so he just handed me, like, his, uh, it's like a, I don't know if it was a 44 or a 357, but it was, it was a motherfucking hand cannon. And yeah. I'm like, hey, I'll hold this for you for a quick second. The like, dirty Harry. Yeah. 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 And which is, again, this is... We're in libertarian territory now. <laughs> yeah. We're all little Clint Eastwood in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly we talk to chairs at the Republican National Convention. <laughs> yeah. Comedy gold. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right, though. That, that, that isolation is a bizarre thing, because once in a while, I do have the the, the quasi-thought, like the... Like, I, I think they just call them ideolations, where it's like, oh, if I just, like, didn't have any body in particular that I had to worry about, I could, you know, just leave. I could give all this stuff away. Yeah. And just walk around, be technically homeless, just somewhere nice. Yeah. Which apparently is a thing in the West Coast. But mm-hmm. that idea of isolating yourself as as a choice... um, I can understand the appeal of that if you didn't have anything else that you had value. Like, I think that, for me at least, because I care about friends, family, loved ones, and I'm like, all right, I have things that I can build for or build on. It's like, I have a desire to continue within this network of people Mm -hmm. I know and encounter with. Belonging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying that. So that kind of communalism is like, this is my own self-created community of people I choose 
to have like in my life in certain ways. Now, lacking that, could I do a yard sale, everything's free, get my car, drive to somewhere nice, park the car and be like, well, so long to that, and figure out a way to do more than survive, but at least like reach uh, a state where it's like total individualism. Yeah. And and like serenity through that. Yeah. That's an interesting concept for me. Because I think that that's like, hmm, that is one way to do it. If there were multiple ways for like, what what's the right way to live? There isn't a right way to live. It's like, oh, do we all work together and, you know, everything's in harmony, which we try it, it just doesn't happen. Or is it, do we only care about ourselves and are you completely self-sufficient and, you know, you're protecting your homestead and everybody else is the enemy and your tiny, tight-knit little group here? And that doesn't entirely work out either. So well, I think it backfires. Yeah, it always it always does. Uh, no, I mean I'll say like, I think the loneliest thing possible is to be part of it or even stuck in some sort of community that you don't feel you belong mm. in, and having to alienate yourself to conform mm-hmm. to it. I get that. I get where they're coming from. Interesting. And I get why they feel that they mm-hmm. must be fought at all costs. But then there's something about a lot of these folks who live alone in their own isolated you know, circles or whatever, who are coming and joining together to fight for their isolation. And they're, this was just such an odd grouping of ironies where you're fighting to be alone, you want to be left alone, you're fighting for your independence, individuality, etc. And you want the right to go places in public and have large gatherings with people and you're forming large gatherings for the right to have large gatherings hmm. but you are about being an individual so that was just a, a really weird phenomenon I think when you are isolated you will yeah, once it's t- once the opportunity or the chance to be part of something is taken away mm-hmm. people come together just for over the sake of being able to come together yeah uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to put a positive nerve spin on this, but it was obviously it's been used and manipulated and they've been played oh, <laughs> in for this sure. country. And yeah. It's just ridiculous that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I saw a, uh, a post that said like this Thanksgiving, when you're thinking about not seeing your family remember mm-hmm. that this might be the last time you see them like yes it might be because right. you could kill your great aunt there's a better that chance, can happen there's a better chance it won't be the last time i see them <laughs> if i make the last time i see them the last time i saw them <laughs> yeah. because at that time there weren't these kind of numbers right exactly a pair i mean yeah which i again go by <laughs> right i don't know it's better it's better to go by them, but really, what are we hurting by protecting the older people? You know? Not, yeah. Um, I'm in the 98%. Like, that 70-year-old woman is not. Yeah. And she can make some fucking mashed potatoes, but I don't know if... I personally would be comfortable with, you know, 20, 30 people that all have their own... No. ...circles going on. We've canceled Thanksgiving. Yeah. My, for, you know, the only time ever. My grandma hasn't made a Thanksgiving dinner since probably mm. the 60s, right? Yeah. Which is uh, a big deal, but you couldn't draw the line anywhere. You can't right. say, here's who's safe, here's who, here's who isn't. Um, 
and she's not going to say, okay, well, you can come, but we have to forget about this part of the family. Uh, so I just feel like that on the rise, just for what I'm thinking personally, is like, all right, whoever I'm already right now in regular contact with, this is this is kind of the direction I'm going to stay in. Like, as it rises, I don't really know if, like, all right, you know, just randomly I'm going to go visit someone I haven't seen in forever and yeah. interact with people that they've been interacting with. However, it's like, all right, if I'm already seeing you, if we already occasionally have contact, then it's, you know, we already have that contact. Remember how you always had more trust in certain people and that didn't necessarily dictate whether or not you hung out with them. It was just a matter of, well, you know, when we're with them, you're safe. Or if you're with other people, some shit might happen. Yeah. Those people where some shit might happen, I don't, <laughs> I don't see my friend where, yeah, who knows, we might have to run away. Like, that doesn't happen now. You might be climbing through something or over something. Yeah, yeah. Or off something. Yeah. Maybe to a different extent. Yeah, though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. You, you can't, those those people that are just out there raw dog in life. Uh, I don't. I need to save that for like a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by yeah. the way, without mentioning him, I mean, just to, just to touch upon, you know, he could hear this, I don't know, but... Hey, but and we, we don't have to say names just because it makes it, you know, you can tell better versions of stories. He is yeah. still out there. Oh! Oh. More than ever. Just the, the the stories, I just can't even get into it, but... Hey, if he can make it. <laughs> <laughs> we can all make it. We're okay. Like, everything's fine. <laughs> you could take that little precaution in life. I mean, I, I went over there, I don't know, a few mo- a few months ago, and I hadn't seen him since the pandemic. He works yeah. at a hospital. I was avoiding it. But this is, I think, in June during the okay. the easing of restrictions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he hadn't seen anybody. I went to go see him. That's what he said anyway. Then I found out he'd seen plenty of folks. Let's put it that way. He'd been across state lines. Oh, boy. Just driving. Anyway. I come in, and there's clearly gas in the apartment. Like, this is the most immediate problem. Oh, shit. I smell natural gas. Um, and I'm like, let's go. he's like, you notice that? He's like, no. No, I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. I didn't notice that. Um, before getting into the other stuff, that's just the base point, okay? There's just a natural gas leak in his apartment. Yeah. Like, you got to call the landlord you got to get this fixed you can't live like this keep a window open until then whatever mm-hmm. it is went over there not that long ago guess what it's just completely did he even make a phone call no never never inquired <laughs> um it was cleaner because he's moving now okay well which that's is good something Let's just hope he makes it <laughs> Fuck. um and he was just smoking in there <laughs> he doesn't even smoke I'm like oh my god I'm like, are you smoking in here? I smelled that before the gas, which was like, this is just terrible. You know what I mean? And I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just poking my head in and like, he was like, yeah, I'm moving out. I'm like, yeah, you, you smoke? He goes, well, I can now that I'm moving out. And it's again, that was always an option. It's the same thing. It's the, it's that individual thing where it's like, yeah, you could always do that. But he's like, well, now that I can't be held accountable for it, <laughs> like, now that I know I can't, which he wouldn't have been in the first place. He probably was allowed to smoke in there. He yeah. just didn't want to deal with the smoke himself. Mm. He didn't want to smell the smoke, but he's been dealing with natural gas, so what's the difference? 
but it's just the ability for him to be able to say like, oh, I don't have the consequences. I'll just do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Coughing, doesn't even like smoking. You know what I mean? But the ability that he won't... Anyway. Okay. I, I, this is just a deep dive into psychology. With him, it's not even worth exploring because it's just an anomaly, but... <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a razor's edge... <laughs> And then there's, like, tiptoeing on the edge of a plane wing that's taken off. Right. And it's, eh, fuck it, we're just farting around. And that's him. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, there was a car crash in Webster. Was it him again? No. Oh, okay. No, like, an 18-year-old um, died. Oh, know, shit. Two or three other people. Multiple other people were injured. Mm. At least the driver died. Oh, all in the same car? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. So, all 18, I think, that maybe mm-hmm. one is 19 or something. I'm just like... Literally just How starting. many times did we say that could have been us driving this... In the Enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the way the way certain... And I don't know how... If this person was even driving recklessly, I don't know. The person we're talking about was. Yeah. And he got away with it. And it's one of those things where it's just luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is that... Yeah. You know, as we were saying, uh, with what we were talking about earlier off air, that like, oh, yeah... We, I'm not, I w- that wouldn't be me, but it's like, wait, that was me, also at 21. It's like, yeah, okay, that might just be a thing that happens at 21. And this this concept that it's like, you say all all kids are dumb, or mm-hmm. all teenagers are dumb. You're like, oh, I was a dumb teenager, I know you guys are dumb. It's like, well, they're intelligent in different ways, but at the same time, like, it's just kind of a natural development that certain risk happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and you can call those things dumb things, but hopefully you learn from them and don't die from them. And unfortunately, sometimes that happens. And that's not... There's taking in, a yeah. risk and then and then there's speeding up for red lights, <laughs> which is what this guy did. I mean... Going 100 miles per hour. Just... Lights up. Fuck, Jesus I, Christ. Yeah. Wrong way down the expressway. Yeah. It was a long time ago. There's no statute of limitations on this anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to hear it from the source, I guess have him speak for himself. I don't want Just to have him tell away. crazy stories. No names, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm hey, right. I'm gonna write that down. He has just got endless. Yeah. I could, I could go on, but I, I don't feel like it's my, uh, my place to tell one others. I'll just put a pin in that called Crazy Eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll be his title. Plus, plus the fact that he's so nonchalant about it, where he just like, he he explains his thought processes into mm-hmm. these things. It's just like that's a normal development, like. You know, and then before you know it, you're shitting your pants in front of some random person's house. <laughs> what are you talking about? How did you get there? You know? So yeah, okay, you know, I woke up. <laughs> so naturally, I asked him for a change of underwear. They told me to get the fuck off their property. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, man, you didn't have to be an asshole about it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And that was it. That's exactly That's the, the point mindset. of the story. That's the point. He's like, this guy was such a dick to me. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I met this guy. How did you meet him? Well, I was driving through... Schenectady. Like, what are you talking about? Yesterday? Yeah. Fuck. Yep. I just Why are we there? Just got back, yeah. Uh, yeah. It took a wrong turn coming back from Jersey. Why were you in Jersey? He actually took a wrong turn coming back from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> which is just... Yeah. I made that up, but it turned out to be true. Yeah, it was basically true. He didn't. He threw his phone out the window. Anyway, I'm just telling you. Yep. I don't want to tell the stories again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have money. I love the fact that, like... A few people listening to this are going to know who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I know. A few people know who it is. Yeah. I hope he listens, too. What's up, bud? I wonder if he does, yeah. He I haven't talked to him in a good minute, but he, yeah. He would. 
He yeah. listens. He's a, a podcast listener. Oh, right on. That's cool. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so how we were talking a little bit. You're talking to your professor. Um, how is how is your thesis going at this point? Good. It's good. <laughs> it's it's just um, putting. I hope this isn't. Well, first off, what's like so for anyone listening to understand when I had you on the Goodfellas episode, we mentioned it. You are your major is public history. My major now is is American history. Okay. I mean, it's on paper world history, American focus. Mm-hmm. Public history is the minor. Okay. Um, which I've basically completed through the internship at Kodak and mm-hmm. the Rochester Museum and Science Center. Um, I still consider it. The way I've approached it is that's my technical mm-hmm. skill set, like the handling and curating and conserving museum things, archival and museum work, yeah, sort of things. Um, yeah, so that's the part of it. First of all, that I want to do. That's the work mm-hmm. I want to do. But um, as far as understanding, like as far as the uh, the work that goes into the other side of things, like writing a thesis or write, just yeah. teaching, I didn't do any of that work. I have not dabbled in that at all. <laughs> um, I just, first of you were all, a teacher's assistant though, weren't you? Uh, oh, I guess I professor? have dabbled in that. What yeah. I, <laughs> I was a TA, yeah. So I guess I have. As far as grading papers goes, <laughs> and uh, that stuff's good, I get a rush out of giving mm-hmm. a... a presentation or lecture or whatever yeah going in every day and doing that mm-hmm. and i'm not i don't think it's boring you I'm haven't not, done teacher school no right. i didn't do yeah. i didn't go on the education track okay um i don't think it's it's boring or monotonous at all i honestly think it's over stimulation mm-hmm. like as somebody who takes every sort of person like over analyzes every sort of interaction that's happening mm-hmm. I, it's just overwhelming every presentation i've ever given i barely sleep the night before yeah you know and i'm going in like with after staring at my string wall of post-it notes like Charlie Day, you know, <laughs> and being like, okay, what's the best of the best that I can crank out in this mm-hmm. 40-minute presentation or whatever? And it's like every time. I mean, maybe if you get used to it, again, everything like that, you know, you get used to and you become more natural, but it's really every time I've acted natural, it's exactly that. It's an act. I am Damn. trying to keep it together. Barely I'm trying to be it, chill. Yeah. I am just thinking about what every, per- yeah, I, yeah. So okay. for me, especially if, you know, I don't know how professors do it. It's really mm. to have new content every day and like constantly changing. There's so many, there's such a variation of perspectives that you're, mm. that you're getting from students and to, to possibly potentially like offend somebody or something is, a, you know, that you might be wrong about it. If it helps you grow, like my, yeah. my one professor talked about that and, like, I mean, it's made him a much better person, mm-hmm. but I'm just, it's just something that it would, it makes me feel terrible. It's something I'd like to learn without having to inflict that on somebody, you know? Yeah. Just very self-conscious about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. I, I don't heard know. recently that, I guess this doesn't completely apply to that, but just like the, the, the idea that yeah, you're not responsible for right. how someone else feels. Like, yeah regardless of what your actions are other than like directly causing it like if your expression of something that's true to you 
results in someone else being upset or offended. Like, you're not necessarily responsible for their reaction because it's their reaction. Yeah. And, you know, like, a, a student could, like, have this viewpoint that they're fucking hardline stance on and then, like, through your varied education and, like, different insight and the fact that it's you're a professional, you know, you could completely destroy their world and that could, like, damage them. But the growth that would come out of that is necessary because you have to expand your mind that way. Yeah. Especially as a student. Like, that should be the point of education is to grow your understanding of things and not just, like, yeah, I'm fucking got it. Yeah. No, yeah. And I, I think that that just gets a little bit complicated when you are given the authority mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be the one dictating supposedly yeah the discourse and the language and all these other things and there are certain things just just the downfalls of academia i guess are just like who has been given that power and authority and who is dictating that right um yeah so i mean i really don't think i would actually run into that problem mm-hmm Get, but just you know just the being in the position is stressful yeah I just, and maybe that's something I could work to or work towards I don't know, know actually I don't know how, you know I had one professor who was like he was uh, adjunct right. for like philosophy but yeah he was probably early 30s and clarify for me adjunct means you do other things professionally but then you also teach is that what an adjunct professor is he's not a an associate or full-time professor for the college he, mm-hmm. you teach it it's like piecework like you teach one course uh if you're an adjunct you you teach a, an amount of credit hours mm-hmm. and you get paid per course so okay. you get paid forty five hundred dollars to teach a course at brockport Mm-hmm. You know, from let's say nine in the morning to ten fifteen, and then you also are an adjunct at U of R, and you teach from eleven. Oh, okay. To twelve fifteen, almost there. freelance professor. Freelance professor okay. in a way, but not because it's really become like the the like hired gun sort of. <laughs> Uh, professorship <laughs> mercenary teachers yeah mercenary <laughs> teachers but you're not given any of the protections yeah of no tenure no exactly yeah. so it's just there's two extremes there's like you're invincible or you have no power at all mm-hmm. and people put in the hours the years adjuncting you mm-hmm. know and like my, my one professor called his phd pizza hut delivery is what it <laughs> stood for because he was adjuncting in the mornings and driving pizza through pizza at night. Yeah. <laughs> he was changing out of his suit, which he was giving, you know, lectures yeah. in and then getting into a Pizza Hut uniform afterwards. Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, because just the pay is $4,500 for a uh, three or four credit hour course mm-hmm. that you're teaching three times a week. Do the do yeah. the math on it. You're making like $8 an hour or something. Damn. Don't quote that number, but sure. something... When I get an assistant, they'll do math for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when we get a uh, pull that up guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, back to the other thing. If um, the uh, thesis, the thesis. Yeah. So we're just sort of you know guiding it towards exactly what we wanted to uh, answer. What I wanted to answer. What what the sources are saying. Mm-hmm. That's what we're guiding it towards. I should say. Before I was kind of like here's my idea, how do we pull ideas towards it? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, here's the stuff I've collected. 
whereas that shifted yeah. the conclusion towards. And basically, it's looking like the, the approach is going to be competing memories mm-hmm. of the long civil rights movement. Okay. So it's not just perspectives on exact instance. Mm-hmm. Perspectives on race and class at place and time. Rochester, New York, 1964. Mm-hmm. That's what it started as. But now it's like, okay. When you actually talk to people about what happened, usually it starts somewhere 10 years off in either direction of mm. what you're actually talking about. Okay. You bring up 1964 and they go, oh yeah, and then the interlude. It just instantly goes to... That's just the way memory works. It mm-hmm. doesn't actually work chronologically. It works yeah. like whatever is most relevant is what comes up first. Mm-hmm. And then you have to kind of weed out the options until you get to the point. So you're trying to get to. But when in the process of that, you find out like, well, what you're trying to get to wasn't as important because that's why it took so long to get there. Mm-hmm. So you find everything else that gets you there. And then you see what comes after too. And then you kind of see based on who you're talking to, um, or what source you're examining, like which, which topics overlap and are rating and importance okay. to different people. And you see like, oh, these ideas are what comes up when you ask about this. You know, mm-hmm. for certain people, it might be, well, police brutality, bam, that's right. number one. For a lot of other people, it takes talking about everything else to admit to the police brutality, mm-hmm. right? Or vice versa, too. Uh, you know, everything else to avoid talking about the housing problem. Yeah. For some reason, you know, the immediate threat, it's not for some reason, the immediate threat of violence is what's coming first and we need to address this. What happens after we get rid of that? You know what I mean? We don't have the the solutions always because there's such a fixation on this thing. And it matters who's saying that and and why they're saying that, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Across all the demographics. Exactly, yeah. right. And in and, and which, and which way they're prioritizing it. Hmm. Um, and who has the ability to change it and who doesn't and why it's in this priority. And these are the kind of things yeah. I'm, in, I'm analyzing in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right so that, that's basically, yeah, there's definitely a more concise way to explain that, but that's part of the process. Yeah. All right. Um so, I mean, we're already, we're talking about police brutality. It's been pretty relevant. Um, spoiler alert, people, there's things that have been happening for a long time. Yeah. But um, especially poignant this year because we've been talking about them as a collective of Americans and humans on the planet. But, I mean, you were pretty involved in the protest scene. Again, we, we're, we don't have to say anyone's names to... We don't have to be specific so we can tell a more broad variety of stories. But um, kind of... Have you you haven't been as active lately, right? Have been going to as many as in the a past the past few months? No. Yeah. No. Um Yeah, there's a lot to say about that. I mean, I think first and foremost, not to shift like just situationally and contextually how these are th- this is how this thing kind of works too. <laughs> and how it's worked in the past is just the flashpoint idea of like, okay, there's a flashpoint, it causes reaction, and then you mm-hmm. have, um, you have mass participation because okay. of an emotional response to this particular instance happening. Like in, you know, previous uprisings, something happens, people respond, mm-hmm. the dust settles, 
you know, things change or they don't. Right. Um, or to whatever degree. And I think that's part of what we're dealing with right now is like, well, some things happened in response to the, I mean, if we're talking about the Daniel Prude instance. Sure. Precisely. Uh, what happened in response has happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of what what war can you keep waging? What fight can you keep fighting um, without diminishing returns? Because people people get arrested. Mm-hmm. People get in trouble. And when your numbers are low, yeah, it's even easier. More people get arrested somehow. That's what happens. Both because... actually low and relatively low. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, I mean... As far as, like, no one's patiently awaiting, like, okay, we did our part, now let's see what happens as far as, you know, justice being served in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, I think it's more so that, I don't okay. know, you need numbers. There's a, lot, there's a lot to examine and unpack. I think that is the most immediate reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also personally been preoccupied by, like, getting this thing back on track right. because I take it so much time doing other things mm-hmm. um the scholarly work though is important because yes. like you know it's when we have history we can look back to what the scholars at the time said like what did other academic minds say during the 60s like that first person source or i guess second or third person source that would be so uh, not to predict the future but like realistically if there was a you know real systemic change and there are master's degree johnny over here with his with his incredible uh work that he's done we could like oh look at this source of how people felt about this then kind of how you were looking into before yeah yeah and i think you know so what i'm saying is like by being a part of it and then working on it uh not scientifically like academically yeah that is doing something Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's important for the whatever the movement whatever you want to call it yeah, just for progress, just for yeah. the progress of society. That's how I think of it. Like, you know, um, and I think there is when there's that sort of momentum mm-hmm. of on the street action. That is, you know, with momentum comes change. Yeah. Without momentum comes basically punishment. That's and we know what they do. We know what ha- you know, you know what the result is, mm-hmm. um, and it's dangerous. It's high risk always. And I don't want to say low reward. It's not like how I would like to frame it. But mm-hmm. as far as you know, and it depends on every instance. Uh, the other day there was a protest for somebody to mm-hmm. that they, they couldn't have contact with uh, their daughter. Oh, the was, the trans woman. Yeah. Who was shot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a small gathering. Uh-huh was able to, I guess, convince the correctional officers to allow them to, they they did some negotiating between the organizers and the correctional officers who showed themselves. That's actually something. It was something for sure. And they talked and they were able to connect them with this, with their daughter Mm -hmm. for however long, uh, via telephone. Do you know anything else about that incident? Like, I don't know much about it. The woman was shot by her parole officer, but like... I don't even understand what scenario could have happened where the woman's in her car and got shot at through the glass. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't say I do. Yeah. I do not know. 
we so don't know things sometimes. Really. So Finn might have a good understanding on that, yeah. a good grasp on that. Uh, but I, that I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, like that's a, a, a I don't want to, I don't know, that's a, you never know what you're going to win. Mm-hmm. So I don't discourage anybody from ever trying, ever. Mm-hmm. But as far as when the risk is very high, it's also higher because of a lack of people, because of there being a perceived higher risk. It's going, yes. so, see what I'm saying? So, and then, then it becomes a really higher risk. Exactly. And um, for me, I know that's why I kind of stepped back a bit was because, okay, like I was saying about how I'm enjoying the things and people and situational, you know, that I, lifestyle that I have right now. It's like, all right, I don't know if I'm comfortable, you know, really putting myself out there in the way that like, some of these people are doing right now and like mm-hmm. what some of the outcomes of that are is like point blank i don't want to get arrested mm-hmm. i don't want to get injured you know i don't want i don't want to be a target and more power to people that are willing to take those risks yes and that's exactly what is needed mm-hmm. but i am not strong enough gotta play the long game yeah too but again i i can't speak in any kind of condescending you know voice here and say oh i'm doing it right you're doing it wrong that's not what i'm saying <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> yeah <laughs> me um, too <laughs> so yeah uh so you comfortable sharing here? uh any of your experiences during some of the crazy ones just straight up uh if you want to go in any of that you know again without names mm. well i'll say from me the craziest night where I'll say the the night I was most afraid was the Saturday of September fifth, mm. I believe. Where it was that weekend, where that whole weekend the yeah. protest got it was, the most it was traumatic. The fourth night. Traumatic even. Yeah. Yeah. It was the fourth night or even day because I think it was announced on a Wednesday mm-hmm. that the video and then, you know, which clearly implicated the cover up, which is already now that's been proven that it was a cover up basically. Mm-hmm. All these other things, there's just so much along the way to keep track of, but to put us in that headspace, there had been a few nights of violence. Right. Um, And I was in it Thursday and Friday, and by Saturday, like, it's exhausting. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't sleep that well after that. Yeah. Um, And... I'm not even in the front front line. Thursday is doing some, you know, front lining or whatever, but mm-hmm. it got to a different scale on the Saturday and uh, Friday and Saturday. Right. And um Saturday especially, I think, you know, it's been declared ever many people have cited it a police riot in the same way that the DNC was mm-hmm. 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago when the mayor unleashed the police force upon protesters mm-hmm. preemptively with no violence enacted upon them first. Um, yeah. I think that's true of, of Saturday as well. If you want to split hairs and talk about other things that happened as far as water bottles being thrown mm-hmm. on Friday. That's all I've heard is that maybe a handful of water bottles were thrown at the cops. Yeah, as far as Saturday goes, mm-hmm. that was straight up an assault. Like, that was just, let's finish this. That was not... That was not okay. We'll wait for them to throw the first stone. The crackdown. Yeah, that was a crackdown, right? Um, so that was the scariest night. This is just a quick crash 
mm-hmm. overview of it, I guess. I mean, even just to picture it, like I've seen people that have able to have their cameras out while they're at the protest. Um, that's a scary image to see, like people in armor, yeah. like with shields and weaponry, advancing on you. It's like that's like shock cavalry, like from yeah. from medieval times. Mm-hmm. You know, because it always ends up being something about Game of Thrones somewhere in here. <laughs> but yeah. That's that part just terrified me. It's like, whoa, whoa, I'm not going. To, I'm like, I can't do this battle. I don't know how much I can get into at this point as far as what happened on Saturday later mm-hmm. on. The scariest part is something I I don't know about. Yeah, I shouldn't get too detailed okay. on it yet because of the individuals involved. Um, Criminal cases and whatnot. If it's possible, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's off um, air. You got to tune into the Patreon if you want the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> subscribe the, for the dirty shit. Um, Thursday. I, I, I remember Thursday for me being like the baptismal of fire because by fire of, uh, of, I heard of on May 30th, was it, uh, mm-hmm. the, the tear gassing, the pepper balling. Apparently mm-hmm. there was no tear gassing. They officially released, mm-hmm. uh, I've only heard pepper balling because I know that one reporter I know was there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but Thursday was the first time I had been hit by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't expect to, I was just in jeans and a t-shirt, uh, because I thought this, you know, it was a candlelight vigil yeah. for Daniel Prude, um, on Jefferson and McCree where it happened. And, uh, a lot of people like cars, like there was a convoy. Mm-hmm. I have a video of it, of, mm-hmm. of people coming in and I had left a little bit early from that to get Mike just to drive over there because yeah. we went in different cars. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to get on the ground and walk over and not, I just didn't want to drive my car in the convoy, you know what I mean? So I, I was just going to park somewhere else and, and walk over and they marched over. So I was like the only person over there because I drove there out of everybody. <laughs> and there were trucks of the blue line people, you know, the blue blue flags mm-hmm. and um, they were in pickup trucks talking in the parking lot, but they never got out of their trucks. It was really funny. Once the co- the convoy came, they just they were like they jetted out of there. <laughs> they revved their engines and everything. Like whoa, okay, but they did leave. I don't know what they were expecting or what they were trying to do or wh- I don't yeah. know what. But they had like eight people. Semi counter protests. Yeah, that's odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like yeah, they we can get into that, but that's a different topic, um, especially like amidst this precise instance it's like what are you doing here i just feel like people aren't listening to each other yeah because i don't think that just to put myself in someone else's shoes like i i feel no need to have a disclaimer if you know me you know what i think and feel but it's like i'm not like i'm not gonna put a label on me i'm not gonna say i'm anti-cop that's i think that's a dumb uh-huh. dumb statement necessarily it's like oh i hate every single one that's not what i feel i don't know anyone that feels like that nobody that i talk to at least that completely like is 100 percent like that yeah like most people that i know that are like involved in the protest scene are like cognitively aware enough to say like there's issues and they're being perpetuated by a certain system and certain things in place yes. and this is why this is happening and that's causing this and this which is causing that yes. i feel like if you at least just like listen to that conversation that you should be able to, not to tell people they should or shouldn't think, but I just would think that for me, I would be able to separate myself from, all right, this is the way I was raised and how I feel. However, I at least hear what you're saying. And it's like, okay, I can agree with you on this part. But the idea is just saying, nope, we completely support them. 
them being law enforcement, if you will, right. or or anything. Um, but to say like just the team mentality. Yeah, she's like this is us and you are against us. Specifically, and we the blue line back. represents that. It's like you know, it's like I, I don't even want to pick on the back of the blue because I understand at least I like get what they what they're what they're going for. And I yeah. get that too. And I yeah yeah, to especially if that. you're you know just you I you haven't had fear. the experience if you haven't had the certain experience if it's been good if you have you know friends that are cops if you have family that are cops exactly you know you wouldn't necessarily you would think of them most likely first and you you're would think hold on you're against you know you're against my family it's like no no not necessarily your family we're against a a certain uh, systemic issues that are perpetuating events and instances that like are harming people. Yeah. But to say like we back the blue for me just sounds so like full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, we like them. Um, we support you don't. The, yeah. What's wrong with the system? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. Okay. There's reform and there's abolition. It's like, I, I wouldn't say I'm an abolitionist. Um, at least not now, but I still, for me personally, I still believe that reform is at least possible. We can improve things. I even know, like, um, the gym I train at, like, I've heard people talking about, it's like, you know, everyone should have a blue belt if you're going to be in law enforcement because you should be able to restrain a person, even if they're bigger and stronger than you or or on something, with technique. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to train a lot to do that. So that is something that, you know... That some people like, and even like you know, fighters in that in that the martial arts community are like, we can improve this because we have this technique. If you just do way more of it, that's not that that at least would work toward getting rid of certain issues with like brutality and like um, accidental murders. But but you know, um, I kind of lost my train of thought here. What's pretty doing? Graders, she's loafing. Mm-hmm. But the the idea that it's like. Yeah. Things are just perfect. Things right. work the way they are because they work for me, so that's right. what's right. And exactly. no one else's input matters. That I can't get on with. No. And I realize I feel like it's easier to talk to them than to talk with them. And cuz I don't I don't feel I don't feel that like there's a lot of receptive like empathy coming from someone who says I back X or I support X. Yeah. Um I'm going to take a quick pause here because I'm going to throw an advertisement in. Anyways, we're back. So, on that same topic, um, when we were saying how, like, you know, people have family, friends, etc. that are law enforcement, like, I have a lot of training partners that are law enforcement. And, you know, you meet them as people and they're people. Like, they're, you know, everyone's generally nice. And, like, mm-hmm. there's most, no one, very few people, like, outwardly are like, I'm just an asshole all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you wouldn't interact with those people. You would just say that's an asshole. So it's like, you know, this, I guess, is just a disclaimer saying that, like, I just don't, neither of us are saying that we, uh, we just totally hate law enforcement, which is just preposterous. Yeah. Like, I have, you know, and I have uncle with law enforcement. I have training partners that I'm, um, like, acquaintances with and, like, cool with and... Your dad's a sheriff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're... He sure is the man. Yeah. <laughs> He's the fucking sheriff. But yeah. how... And... and, and yeah. yeah. I know and you said Uncle before that, like, he doesn't really... Family. Yeah, yeah. Family. He's, a, yeah he's a sergeant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But you were saying before that, like, he, you know, doesn't necessarily want to, you know, really, really, like, put any input on this. But how how do you think that, like, the situation and your involvement in it, like is kind of affecting, affecting him in, mm. in that way. 
Yeah. It's it's tough to say. I really. It's a, it's a tough. I can't speak for him. You know, I can only say what I think. You know, yeah. it's affecting him, and it's you know, let's just say back when I was prospectful myself and getting into law mm-hmm. enforcement, which I don't think he ever wanted for me anyway. But when I was considering that as an option, I've tell him I've I've talked to him about what I think about the situation and mm-hmm. how I think things should could and should be better and whatnot. And like you said before, being responsible for someone else's feelings on that end is it's hard. I can't do both. Right. Um, but I don't have a bad relationship with my dad, so. Um, we've been, we're, we're, we're fine pretty much, but there isn't much, uh, there isn't much depth or camaraderie, camaraderie between us, I wouldn't say. Over the situation. Over, uh, it, it, for a while, but, um, this doesn't help that at all. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah. Wouldn't necessarily imagine it would. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But again, I mean, it's it's tough because when I hear certain sentiments towards the police being, you know, if there's violent hatred towards police, yeah. police are people too, and I know them, you know. And I've been I, to your picnics, and right. I've, I've enjoyed your macaroni salad. <laughs> exactly, and I don't feel that way towards the individuals, most of them that I know. Mm-hmm. I know it does attract certain people who are power hungry and whatever. The people I know aren't like that. No. Yeah. The ones I know are all cool, too. I'm sure the people I know know people that are like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay? And I know they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but those aren't the people I know. Um, and I wish that there were different opportunities, or even that the job itself didn't, homogen- just wasn't, didn't homogenize this altogether. Yeah. And uh, that the job attracted people who were... It, well, first of all, the job would have to be kind of a much different job so that it could attract predominantly people that are good-hearted and good-natured and not put them in extreme danger. Right. Yeah. And they would have to change fundamentally to do that. But I'm not saying, you know, make them helpless. I'm not saying that, obviously. Right. So. Like in Germany, I believe this might be a bullshit fact, or I might have read it. I don't remember. We know things. Um, They don't go to like police calls with um a firearm like the officer directly responding to it they have people like in the background with one um unless like it's like a dangerous situation like if it's i I really i think i read this somewhere that like in uh in germany if they're just going for like any other kind of call that like let's just say a mental health thing um that they wouldn't necessarily be bringing a firearm to go directly engage in that unless the situation seems dangerous. So, I mean, on the topic of reform, like, I don't know if that would work here, but it's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. But we can switch off the melancholy. Um, well, uh, there's just, there's so much to, to talk about there. I don't, yeah. It's, there's no easy place to, to end it. I could just... So instead, let's end it here. Um... We actually kept talking for um, a decent amount of time afterward. Uh, I just like to keep these to under an hour and a half because I think that's digestible. You know, that's a car ride. That's a that's a workout. That's 
running errands. I'm not sure. Whenever, whenever, whenever you beautiful folks are listening to this. So, you know, that just as the conversation naturally flows, um, we started out relatively light, but still, uh, in, in the same vein of what we end up talking about later. Um, which I suppose one could consider like some of these like interethnic issues. Um, but of course, a uh, informative experience. Um, you know, really, really cool to hear someone's perspective on some of these things. Because again, he uh, wasn't really in in a, in a state to uh, share some of the things that he's uh, he's encountered as being a part or an active member of uh, some of these protests. Um, they get crazy. Talk to people. Talk to people who've gone to them. Shit. Talk to the cops who've been a part of them. Like, talk to everybody. Like, everyone should just talk and. That's an episode that I really, for sure, gotta put some put some steam behind trying to get a someone in law enforcement. Maybe maybe someone who like you know I won't get their I won't say their name or anything like that just so they can continue their career and their life un, untainted, which is nice. Everyone likes to continue their life untainted. That's a different podcast, but and then also have someone from these protest scenes and see if I can just get like a dialogue between like two individuals because I feel like that's the closest you can get to someone is a one-on-one interpersonal conversation and like i say often in a bunch of different contexts that's why i'm doing this because that is what i like to do no thanks so we uh we're gonna wrap this up here and by we i mean me and my cat her name is pretty my name is shalik and i know things